Love Yours, an experimental podcast. Welcome back to another episode of Love Yours, an experimental podcast. I'm your host, Charlotte Tahira, and this is season three, episode three. In this season, we are exploring relationships using the amazing Chidira Egere, aka the Slumflowers, What a Time to Be Alone, a guide to why you are already enough. So in last week's episode, I assessed a lot, to be honest, but mainly I've realised about I have this fixer mentality that is great in life, but not so much in relationships especially my relationships with people who don't want to be fixed it's caused me a lot of problems I'm not gonna lie to you so as I continue to read the book I'm really trying to apply what I'm learning to this current point in my life of being alone and one of the things I think I struggled the most with since being single is about my expectations and my standards romantically I think when you've been in a relationship for the majority of your life a romantic relationship I'm referring to without realizing it you can lower your standards to what your other half is giving you because you start to accept that that's as good as it's gonna get and Shadira basically is like forget all of that you cannot be scared to raise your standards. She also touches on that this often comes from boredom or loneliness because when we're bored or we're lonely, we tend to not make the best decisions for us because we're acting off that emotion. I definitely have always had this fear of boredom and loneliness, but it's hard to tell if that's the reason why I've lowered my standards in the past or if it's just because I don't have really high expectations. It really doesn't help that my blueprint of my parents was not the best. It took me becoming an adult to realise I'm definitely a child of domestic abuse. And so what was really normalised to me in romantic relationships is not normal. The bare minimum, the mood swings, the aggressiveness, the lack of affection the lack of communication, the lack of love, and also the constant roller coaster of unpredictability. I definitely, as an adult now and a mother, have to reassess a lot of what I considered normal in romantic relationships. Especially because after talking to my therapist about this, basically One of the reasons I know I have such low expectations in romantic relationships, because as a child, whatever you witness your mum and dad go through in their romantic relationships will be kind of like the standards that you set for yourself. So obviously my standards were never going to be very high, but I want to break those generational curses. There is no way I am having River tolerate some of the things I've tolerated And so back to my therapist, what she was explaining is that River will set her standard based on how I allow my partner to treat me, my intimate partner. If my intimate partner is very loving, very caring, 
very vocal, very verbal about how he feels about me and how beautiful and amazing and funny and intelligent I am, then she will expect that from my partner. If my partner doesn't really compliment me, doesn't really show me affection, often puts me down or lets me down, then that's also what she will expect. So this is way bigger than me. This is literally the work I'm doing now is going to impact my daughter's future in her relationship choices. But this podcast season is not just about romantic relationships. Chidira also talks about best friend FOMO. And when I look back on my friendships, I don't think I've actually genuinely ever had that ultimate best friend. That person who knows you inside and out. The first person you call with news. Who knows all of your family and your favourite colour and comes with you to everything now I've got one friend who is as close to a best friend as it gets we've been friends for 16 years and she has always showed up for me whether that was when I was homeless and just needed somewhere to go chill and she would get me some dinner because she knew I couldn't afford it or non-stop coming to my events that at the time I was just starting in the industry They weren't the sparkling, green room, A-list events, but she just came for the good vibes and to support me. And even now, I would say in this last year, I even feel guilty sometimes with how much I rely on her and her support. Oh, I don't want to get upset because I'm a bit emotional today, I'm not going to lie, but I could not have survived without this best friend. And I don't even like calling her that because to me a best friend is someone who like is that one person and I do have a really strong close circle of people but um this one person has really always been consistent and even though I've known her 16 years we haven't been as close as we are now for 16 years but I would say in my adult life in all my trials and tribulations she's been there I had two friends who I would have said were my best friends back in the day, but neither of them have stood the test of time. One of them I felt like, once she got into her first relationship, and as you'll know from episode one, I've non-stop been in relationships. So if you've been my friend in life, you've known my lovers because they've been consistent. And so this friend, I felt like she from primary school all the way up into university we were super close and then she got her first boyfriend and all of a sudden I wasn't important which really hurt because since I've known her I had I'd had a boyfriend pretty much well since secondary school but that never impacted our friendship in that same way so that one really burnt me I don't even think she knows why we stopped talking I think she thinks we just drifted apart but I felt a definite shift in her energy once she was in a relationship and then I would say the other person who was like as close to a best friend who gets oh that relationship got ruined quickly because she decided to go out with my brother which is messy man just understand that if you date someone's sibling and they are close siblings when you break up with their sibling they're always gonna choose their sibling that's just how it goes but that wasn't even the like we carried on talking after that it was a conversation we had where 
at the, this time I was homeless. Um, I wasn't sleeping on the streets, but I was sofa surfing. And I was walking back to where I was staying. And I remember saying to her, oh, I don't know what I'm going to eat for dinner tonight. I've only got one pound and there's nothing in the fridge. And her response was, oh God, yeah, it's such a dilemma. I don't know what I'm going to order from the Chinese tonight. I mean, I've been looking at the menu for ages and I just can't choose. And that really hurt. That really hurt my feelings. And she didn't know it then, but to me that was the end of our friendship. Because not only had you gone out with my brother and it didn't work out and he felt some type of way, but you also had not an ounce of compassion, not an ounce of consideration for your friend who at the time is homeless and struggling to find a meal for dinner. I never spoke to her again after that. Actually, that's a lie. I think I messaged, I messaged her like a Merry Christmas randomly. Hope you're well. But as friends, that was the final time we had a conversation. And Shadira talks about basically whenever someone shows you behavior that makes you double take, like, you know, you just think, oh, like raise an eyebrow. Like I wasn't expecting that. She says it's always worth a second look. And to this day, anyone who has made me raise an eyebrow accurately, it was worth a second look. Moving on through the book, another big thing that comes up is apologizing. And this comes back to my family relationships. In my family, we don't apologize. It is so rare. If I'm apologizing to a family member, some real shit has gone down, like some real shit. But Jadira says there's three reasons to apologise. The first is to rectify a wrong and regain trust. The second is to rid yourself of guilt. And the third is to smooth the ground to keep peace and connection. My parents may disagree, but they apologised in two ways. My dad's way was to act like absolutely nothing had happened and make a joke. My mum's way was gifts that's her love language gifts I don't think my parents growing up ever apologized to rectify their wrong and regain trust they may have used their laughter or their gifts to rid themselves of guilt and they definitely didn't care as far as they was concerned I was the child there was the parent about smoothing the ground or to keep the peace and connection now as an adult and as a mother I apologise to my kids often, partly to rectify the wrong and regain the trust, partly to rid myself of the guilt and partly to smooth the ground and to keep the peace and connection. And when I apologise, I explain to them firstly why I'm apologising and secondly what made me act out of character or act in an unreasonable behaviour to why I'm now even having to apologise. And honestly, even my son, who's about to turn two, they lap it up. They actually appreciate it and acknowledge it. And I feel like understand it. So let's say I've really snapped on them for something that it needed them telling off, but it didn't need the level of reaction I'd given them. Once I've come down and realised that, I take them aside and I say, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry mummy shouted at you like that. Or mummy snapped on you like that. Mummy didn't mean it. Mummy's just really tired today. Mummy's just really stressed and worried about work today and it's not your fault. 
it's mummy's fault and she shouldn't have taken that out on you I think stressing especially to children as a parent that it's not their fault that you've acted a certain way is so important because naturally children don't have the logic to think about why you've acted like that and as far as they're concerned if you've acted like that towards them it's because of them and this is how you start creating unhealthy thoughts in children during their formative years which is zero to six we was always getting shouted at if we weren't shouted it was a physical response it was an insult it was some kind of mental manipulation and I can't remember a time that my parents then explained why they'd taken it so far or what had pushed them to take it so far so all I knew was it was something I'd done being the fixer I just wanted to fix it so I would laugh at their jokes once they decided they wasn't angry anymore or I would take their gifts and say thank you thinking that I'd done something wrong apologizing when you know you've done something wrong or you've acted out of your character or you've not acted your best self is so important I put this on my Instagram note the other day that accountability is the most undervalued skill people have because no one ever wants to admit when they've made a mistake but the irony is without mistakes how do you ever learn how do you ever grow how do you ever improve so just bear that in mind next time you have to apologize to someone if it's not to rectify the wrong and regain the trust or to smooth the ground to keep the peace and the connection then it's probably because of your own guilt and make sure you include that in your apology make sure you let that person understand that it was not you it was me the other thing Shadira talks about in the following pages is those I told you so moments oh I'm going through that maybe that's why I'm so emotional today I'm going through that right now when you ignore your intuition I did that recently with someone a casual who I was talking to who for me this casual was quite important because they were the first casual since my core shaker who I felt like gave me that kind of hope that I would meet another core shaker that I would love again that I would connect again with another person despite being a mother an ex-wife and all the other titles anyone in society wants to label me with and my intuition told me that something was off but I ignored it I really ignored it and Shadira says stop asking for advice you know what's best for you and your peace and happiness I asked everyone for advice I asked a couple of close friends a couple of colleagues a couple of acquaintances literally spent hours obsessing over like am I missing something here what have I done wrong where has this gone left only to come back to my same gut feeling my same intuition that I ignored which was that this person is painting an image of who they are but that is not who they are and you're just buying into what they're telling you and ignoring how they're acting intuition honestly and I don't know if it's just me I feel like around my period my intuition is way stronger like I feel like I just like I don't know it's what's happening in my body I don't know the science maybe a scientist can let me know that is there's something to that but 
I remember like coming on my time of the month and thinking really strongly that this person was not was like playing me was like taking me for an idiot and then as soon as my period passed they managed to use their charisma and their he he was a bit of a wordsmith to like get back around me and so I wish I'd listened to my intuition women we have this we have it so strong you hear so many stories about this about that gut feeling that you just ignore because you don't want to accept the reality you want to keep living in the fantasy and honestly I just have to really listen to my intuition more which is partly why I'm about to lock off a few casuals I think dating I mean I'm still navigating it it's been seven years but I think what I've learned in this short space of time dating is that I just don't have the energy and time and so if there is not that burning desire that strong connection like not instantly but pretty much I just can't I just can't waste my time because what's the point where's it going nowhere so yeah I mean I'm going a bit up and down round and round right now but yeah I need to look off some casuals right now because I don't want to waste any more outfits or any more makeup or any more time or any more of my precious energy on something that I'm not really invested in it's just more filling the loneliness the boredom you know when I should be focusing all that energy on me so as I carry on reading Shadira talks about the fear of opening up and she says that people run but usually because of their own fears and that you should only share small pieces of yourself which I really struggle with (laughs) as you can probably tell from this podcast series I am the ultimate oversharer. And it's crazy because how quickly really should someone know all of your highs and lows and ups and downs and backstory and future goals? And because ultimately you may bring them into your entire world and then a month later they're not there anymore. And I think that's what I actually did with this most recent casual. I was very vulnerable and very open with him. And so that's why it hurt a lot more when. I'd invested so much and realised I wasn't getting that back. So I don't think I have a fear of opening up. I think I actually need to. I need to work on that fear. I need to um, really just, and they say not to do this, but match energy in the sense that how open are they being with me should be a reflection on how open I'm being with them. Someone should not know your entire life story and you don't know their birthday, for example. And I'm not saying that's that's what I did, but I'm saying that I need to just be a bit more conscious of how much I'm revealing about myself and how much I'm letting someone into my world. Because if they haven't proved that they deserve to be there yet, why? I mean, I used to wear it like a badge of honour, you know? I'm an open book. But something I've learned, especially recently, is that misery loves company. And a lot of people actually just like to know that their life isn't as bad in comparison to yours. Their struggles are not as bad. So I definitely need to work on that. I cannot be this oversharer all the time. And then Chidira again talks about the saviour complex. Now, I've spoken previously about the fact that I'm a fixer. But what she stresses is that being a fixer and trying to change people results in you changing yourself 
and you have to accept people for who they show you they are not who you believe they could be oh gems 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 honestly the uh dating for potential is one of my biggest problems why do i do it why do i and this is with my core shakers this is with my casuals i'm always dating for potential and it's mad because one of my friends said this to me years ago years ago are you dating him for who he can potentially be or who he is and that's a big thing i've got to work on i have to learn to take people at face value i cannot keep assuming that you know they're working towards this or they're working towards that or i can help them with this or i can help them with that shadira even says trying to change them is like trying to reverse the direction water runs out of a tap let people learn for themselves honestly i mean part of my job is to be a problem solver and i just need to learn that that's my job at work not in life i'm already problem solving my own life my children's life my career i do not need to also be problem solving my partner so there was a lot in these these few pages i think the overall theme for this episode is about honesty being honest with yourself because i'm definitely not honest with myself i'm not honest about the standards i want i'm not honest about my own loneliness i'm not honest about the labels i put on people signing people as best friends when really they were more like associates i'm not honest about how much of an oversharer i am and how that will impact when things don't go my way i'm not honest about how much i give to people and then how hurt i feel off the back of that because i don't feel like the energy is matched and i'm going to leave on this quote shadira says trying to fix them is like trying to use paint to fill a hole in the wall it will never be enough and it's so accurate you can't fix anyone who doesn't want to be fixed you can't fill up anyone else's cup they have to do it for themselves and i have to be honest about that towards myself as well i definitely think my loneliness and boredom leads me to thinking that the happiness will come from filling my time and energy with other people and exciting things but i have to fill up my own hole in the wall to feel enough maybe that's why i'm an oversharer because i'm so desperate to be understood because i've had a very complex traumatic life up until this point and so maybe i feel like if you understand me you'll know how to treat me better and make me feel loved and make me feel happy but actually honestly i need to do all of this for myself and anyone who is lucky enough to be in my divine energy needs to match my standards gosh i feel like i've been round up down over under this episode there's no clear straight path in any of my thoughts but i hope it makes some sense to you and it will make a lot more sense obviously if you're reading along to what a time to be alone but let me know what you think as usual comment like subscribe follow and i will talk to you on the next episode Love Yours, an experimental podcast.